Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Thanks for joining us on the Inside Track on Real Estate. And today, you're going to learn how to do the financing for investment properties. And it's innovative financing. And we're so excited. Well, I'm so excited and you'll be so excited because I've got Kelly Wilson here with me. And we're going to talk about whether you want to earn, earn a lot or a little. If you want to have one unit or 20 units, what do you need to do to get yourself financed? So if you're in that boat or you just, you know, just had some thoughts about maybe investing, then this is the show for you. So I'm Ken Decker. And I have Kelly Wilson with me. Hi. Yeah. Thank you. Now, Kelly, what makes you worthy of being on this show? Right? I know I called you in because you're the expert. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about, first of all, uh, what you own and what you have owned in real estate. Uh, so I've been investing in real estate probably for 20 years. Um, yeah, 20 years, I guess. And started when you were 12? Yes. Okay. Exactly when I started. <laughs> like that. Um, actually, my mom was a mortgage broker, so she did help me get my first house. Um, so I, I think that in the last 20 years, I could probably say I've done just about everything. So commercial investing, um, multi-residential investing, uh, flipping. We have done, um, oh my goodness, what what are what are pretty much all the? I think uh, you've even been a foreign investor. I have. I am a foreign investor, actually. Oh, you still are. Yes. Okay. And, and you even bought a cottage property. Yeah, we did a second home. Okay. And uh, that was just outside of Ottawa. So we've um, there uh, pretty much anything and everything. Um, we've got okay. a lot of experience in. So really. No, you said experience. second home. Mm-hmm. So you went to the cottage. But you don't get a ton of time off because, uh, you no. know, <laughs> especially in the summer when people want to buy real estate. Yeah. So what did you do with the cottage when it wasn't occupied? We rented it. So oh, you rented it. We did. Okay. So that was an investment. It was. It was supposed to be a long-term investment. Okay. And uh, where we could work when we needed to, rent it out, make money and have it sort of pay for itself over time. Okay. And... And you said it was supposed to be. That sounds like you resold it. Yes, did. <laughs> okay. And what happened there? And I learned from that. Okay. What did you learn? That's what we want to know. Uh, I learned that there is a lot of work in maintaining a second home that is not, you know, twenty-minute drive away, and uh, you do have to rely heavily on other people. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I did learn that if I was going to do it again, and it's certainly not off the table by any means, but if I am going to do it again, I would do it with a partner and team up with somebody to do it. Okay. And that's just because it, it shares the responsibility, it shares the cost, and real, the reality is we're just not going to be able to be there even part-time, right? Maybe a quarter of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. So having somebody that sort of has the lifestyle of ours and wants to sort of look at that, that long-term investment and share, share some of that. Okay. So you're kind of looking for a partner for your next... I am. I am looking for <laughs> a partner for you're, my next one. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm looking at cottages right now. <laughs> All right. So I was talking to you last night on the phone, actually, and you were telling me the story of a person who 
owned a few properties. Tell me about that. Like, because people say to you, "Oh, you you're investing. It's risky. It's uh, we don't know how you it, do that. Yeah, all that kind of stuff." So, so what do you say when a person says, "Oh, well, the market's going to turn." Yeah, <laughs> which way? <laughs> which way? Right. Yeah. So if you're owning nine or ten properties, mm-hmm. and someone says you hear someone say, "Oh, I own nine investment properties," what do you think in your head? Oh, they're 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 foolish. They're risky. Well, what are they risking all that money for? What goes on in your head? No, and when you think about it as an individual, thinking, you know, is this something for me? Should I be able to do it? But yet you're you're standing in a conversation, a room full of people, and somebody says, I own ten properties. I own fifteen. I own twenty. Usually, the first thought that comes to everybody's mind is, How did you do that? They're not thinking about the rest. They're thinking. This person's going to have a lot of money. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's, they either have time, a lot now or right? they're going or to, they're have, going a to lot. have a lot of money. Exactly. As they let time do the heavy lifting. Absolutely. And it's usually you never have that thought going, when are you selling it? It's usually that thought mm-hmm. of, wow, what is that going to look like in 20 years from now? Yes. Like I had a, a gentleman walk into the office the other day and he said, you know, I've got a small condo. I'd like to sell it. It's a rental. But... I've had it for quite a long time. My mother was in it and so on and so forth, or mother-in-law. And, and he said, well, I'm going to sell that. And uh, I'm getting at the age where I want to travel more. So mm-hmm. I think I might sell one or two of my townhouses in Barhaven and maybe two or three of the ones I've got in Bell's Corners. And, and, and then he said, well, then my personal residence, maybe we'll downsize that at some point. And I'm thinking to myself, if he has no other investments... This gentleman has set himself up for a great retirement. Absolutely. And way to go. And and it's amazing. You pick up one or two, you know, one property every couple years or something and suddenly in, you know, 20 years when you're thinking of getting close to that retirement age, suddenly you got a lot of wealth accumulated. Absolutely. And there's things to consider, right? There's an inflation over time, the ability, and not a, not a lot of companies are, are offering pension options anymore. So we really mm-hmm. have to start looking at how we're going to self-fund those and be able to, you know, go 20, 30, 40 years from now, even 10, and what that will look like for us. Right. So investment property is, is always, always panned out if, you know, it's a long-term um a long-term plan. Yeah, just like a pension would be if you're paying into a pension. Yeah, that's a long-term plan. You, you do that for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's one of the things you mentioned to me actually was um, the difference between cash flow and no cash flow. And even if you don't have cash flow and you're putting you know, 100 or 200 or $300 a month into your, your uh, building to support it, is that a poor investment? If you have to put in a couple hundred every month, and it's and no, it's not a poor investment. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain that because most people would think yes, that's a that's a bad investment. It's costing me money every month. Yeah, and the reality is that you're going to be hard pressed to find something that is going to cash flow quite a bit. And again, you you want to look at where you are in terms of your retirement plans, right? Mm-hmm. If this is going to be something you're going to do and sustain for a long period of time, then you definitely want to look at where you are in your current tax situation, right? Okay. So, if uh, so, based on my situation right now, I'm at the highest tax bracket, right? Because I'm right at the front. I'm not collecting anything. I'm just making pure income. So let's assume that you're in a thirty percent tax bracket, right? 
and we're okay. probably being conservative for a lot of people. Well, the highest tax bracket, the highest fifty percent, something like yeah, that, somewhere around there. Very high. Yeah. But I'll, I'll use fifty thousand dollars as an income, just to okay. to make an example. So let's assume that you've got a rental property and it is currently negative. Um, by the time you pay the insurance, right, and mm-hmm. um, any maintenance costs, uh, mortgage interest, right, principal, yep. those types of things. So by the time you've paid those hard costs and you've collected the rent, if there is a negative at the end of that, then you can actually use that negative to offset the income tax that you're paying on your gross income. So instead of, let's say there's a $2,000 deficit at the end of the year mm-hmm. and you've contributed you know, out of, your, out of pocket 2000 and what you can do is bring it over to uh, your personal income, and instead of paying taxes on fifty thousand dollars, you're paying mm-hmm. taxes on forty-eight thousand right. dollars. And that's provided that you're holding the property personally, absolutely, as opposed to a corporation. Uh, yes, absolutely. Which is a great segue. It is into would you hold a property personally or corporately, and mm-hmm. and or both? And or both, yeah. Um, What's the finance advantages? Anyway? Well, it's very difficult to hold it, to be honest. It's very difficult to hold it corporately. There's not too many financial institutions that really want to have uh, that corporate umbrella around property. Unless you start getting into multi-unit commercial, then it's a whole other ball game. But okay. for so, some, for, go ahead. Yep. So, so corporations are kind of reserved for the bigger properties over five units. Yeah, five, six units is when you would want to maybe start looking at things for liability purposes, and mm-hmm. um, it's a lot easier to house it under uh, you know, a real estate holding right. company. Right, and under a real estate holding company, the, adv- the disadvantage is the interest rate will be slightly higher. Yep. The amount of down payment will be higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hey, what about the $800,000 one you know, lifetime capital gains exemption. So if you if you hold a, a big property or properties in a corporation and then you sell the shares to that corporation instead of selling the actual property and you make a capital gain, uh, check with your accountant. But my understanding is that would fall into the, uh, the $800,000 lifetime capital gains exemption. Well, it's there's the the, ta- the tax um, I guess advantages are to me endless, right? Because mm-hmm. capital gains is actually the lowest taxes tax that you rate. can pay. You yep. know? So even if you end up earning, and I think it's important just to share the information of you do not pay taxes on what the mortgage gets paid down, right? You're only yes. paying taxes on what the value of the property goes up. And I, I think a lot of people. Oh, have. on a, yeah. Except you do pay on the principal that you're paying down because it's considered income, right? So if well, it's you're, it's not a deduction at the end of the it's year. It's not a deduction yeah. because you've earned rent on. You've that. earned it, yeah. yeah. So it's the only uh, piece of the puzzle that you're not allowed to tax to write deduct off. and write mm-hmm. off when you're filing your taxes at the end of the year. Right. Yeah. So even if it's not quite cash flowing, usually the capital growth your equity growth based on the property going up in value mm-hmm. and the mortgage pay down is the mortgage pay down is usually significantly more than your small monthly input right mm-hmm. so if you think of it if you have a property that the mortgage is going down a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. in in uh, let's say it's a 
I don't know, $1,800 payment, about $1,000 would be principal or it's about half right now? Yeah, it's about half right now. Okay, so if you had a $2,000 payment, but $1,000 a month is principal pay down. Yep. If you're, if you're negative and you have to put a couple hundred dollars in the bank, what you're really saying is I put 200 in the bank, but I get 1000 Yeah. Nice. Every month. Mm-hmm. So I'd make that trade every day. Every day. <laughs> and, the, and the bigger picture is that for you to have to put away... $2,000 net a month, it's, it's, you know, it's almost impossible for Canadians by the time all the bills are paid and, and mm-hmm. your own personal house is paid. So um, it, it allows you to have that asset that somebody else is being able to take care of for mm-hmm. you. So is there some risk involved? Absolutely. It's, you know, but again, having that, that, ha- having that right team, having the plan, having the numbers and, and getting into it uh, you know, with all of the information mm-hmm. and taking the time to get the right tenants, get the right finances and all of those things. So it is a big plan, right. but it's a, you know, it will pay in dividends if you do it the right way. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I think you said to me, and I, and I know many people that this is the case, they actually make more money on their real estate going up in value and being paid down than they do in their job. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I look at how long it would take me to personally put money away every single month, right? Mm-hmm. And my savings is is not accumulating the same way as necessarily the real estate is. And uh, a lot of people say, well, you know, what if the, the market changes? And, and it could, but I'm very comfortable in the real estate space. It mm-hmm. is always proven to come back. And it's, it's, you know, one thing I did learn in the last 20, 20 years of, of investing is, it's buy and hold. You know, that's really where it is. It's not an overnight fix. It's, it's not a, a quick trick. Um, you know, you can't bank on six months from now or three months from now. You have to plan for the next 10, 20 years, right? And what, that, what mm-hmm. that's going to look like. And a lot of people fail to plan out 10, mm-hmm. 20 years from now, mm-hmm. right? But making the wise decision now and just staying the course mm-hmm. historically has shown great, phenomenal dividends for people. It has. And if you if you look at the stats in North America, when you're looking at people who have most of the wealth, it's mostly real estate holdings, right? Mm. That that eventually um, are paying out and growing over time. Yeah, because they're sheltered from taxes, right? Mm. And then when you do sell them, they got the, the best tax rate. Whereas if you put something into, say, a TFSA or an RSP, uh, RSP, you get a tax break in the beginning, and it's sheltered while it's in there. But even if it's capital gains, when you take it out, it's taxed at full rate because it was underneath the umbrella. So they don't know, they don't care what, what investment it was in, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas real estate can grow uh, tax-free and it just accumulates without tax and you get a prefer- preferential tax rate when you do end up selling it. Mm-hmm. So this show is significantly about innovation and we're going to talk a lot more about that at our our uh, investment seminar that you and I are doing okay. and people can call in if they want to get a, into that um, and so the innovation comes from let's say a cottage what what how much down do you need on a cottage uh, well it depends uh, there's still financial institutions doing five percent down ten percent down so it doesn't necessarily take a lot to get into a cottage property um, but again it depends whether it's three season right or it, there's year-round access right so mm-hmm. we look at plumbing heating uh, we look at insulation so we, we look at the access um, 
So Pretty does much. it need to be four season? It does have to be four season when you're doing uh, when you're paying CMHC, which means you're putting less than twenty percent down. Okay, so they need a four season, which is probably what you want if you're going to rent your cottage, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're if you want to get the maximum for the whole year, right, as opposed mm -hmm. to just limiting yourself to income only during a few months, then yeah, having that four season allows you the ability to to get the income all the way around. Um, you, you you still can get away with a ten percent down. Uh, mm -hmm. on a three season, um, okay. but it's not as many banks have the appetite for that, right? Okay. Yeah. And so if you're, my suggestion is if you want a four season and you want a cottage that you can rent out, most people only want to rent for three months of the year, right? Mm -hmm. That's your, your prime months. But if you, if you get it near the, um, near a ski slope, for instance, like Trombon, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> then uh, you may be able to rent it for all three months in the winter, or yeah. even all year. Yeah, absolutely. Which is pretty cool because there's golf and different things, different attractions that people Hiking. may want to come and rent it for a weekend or a week at a time, and so that's beautiful. Now it's not occupied as much as if you just bought a rental that you rented constantly right no and it's more transient right so mm -hmm. uh, making sure that you've got cleaners in place unless you plan on driving up every Sunday right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> your grass is getting cut right all of those little things that we don't necessarily uh, think mm -hmm. about but it's the same stuff you're gonna do at home right because it's it's, it's yeah. basically a secondary property right so you've got to hire a management people to do that um, so that's cool, and then which you get to Which is a deduction, use it, by the way. Which is a, an expense, yeah. <laughs> yes. Against yeah. your income. Yeah. All right. What's another way? Can we leverage the existing real estate if I've got some equity in my in my existing home? Yeah. So that's one thing I do love about um, the Canadian tax law when it comes to investing, is that uh, the only way that you can actually make your mortgage. Uh, so that's your primary residence, well, any mortgage, actually, if you have an investment property, you can do the same. But if you're borrowing money against your home to invest, then you are able to tax deduct the interest on that mortgage loan. So right. um, that's how a lot of clients end up, we say, mortgaging 100% of the property that they're buying, right? Because they're mm -hmm. taking the down payment from one property mm -hmm. and they're using it to buy the other property. Right. And that's especially when you probably won't get a cash flow situation. You're going to be negative cash yeah. flow, a couple hundred, which is good if you're in a high income bracket because you've a hundred percent financed the property. Mm -hmm. So if you have nothing in mm -hmm. and it goes up by, let's say you make 10% rate of return. And normally we get much higher rates of return on our properties uh, because they're leveraged. But if you're leveraged and it goes up 10% and you have no money into it, what rate of return is that? On your investment, if you have no money, yeah, one hundred percent, right? I mean, like it's infinite. It's in, yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't. Because you're end making money on nothing. On nothing, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're making with money with the tax deduction. No. Yeah. yeah, with the so, tax. So, and that's the other side of it, right? So it's one hundred percent plus whatever that that tax uh, mm -hmm. advantage is that you're getting on the other end of it. Okay, and what about if I want to get into bigger properties? Um, especially if I get into a mixed zoning or commercial property, um, then we might go to a corp. Mm -hmm. And a corporation makes it a lot easier to do partnerships, right? It does, yeah. Yeah, because the, the risk is spread out. Mm -hmm. uh, each individual doesn't have, typically, unless you sign a covenant personal guarantee, uh, it doesn't affect your credit, mm -hmm. right? Right. Because that's one of the problems. I've bought a couple properties 
uh, individual, like as a single ownership, but we partnered. Mm -hmm. So we have two people, you know, and the, the mortgage is down to $50,000, but both of us are on the hook for the 100%. full payment, 100%, which affects our creditworthiness to buy another property. It sure does. Right? Yeah. So that's something I learned, a little mistake. Mm -hmm. But other properties I own that maybe we're together in a partnership, actually we own one together, Mm -hmm. And it's in a corporation, and that doesn't affect my borrowing power. No, it doesn't. It's you're not disclosing it because the corporation owns it. It's not. So you can personally sign for something, but we're not on title, right? It's the corporation that's sitting on title. So mm -hmm. that's that's sort of an important thing to understand is whether you're living in the home or not living in the home, right? Whether uh, you're a part owner or a ten percent owner. If your name is on title of that property, then when you're applying for any additional credit or any additional mortgages, you do have to take ownership—not personally, but the bank will uh, make you take ownership of one hundred percent of that payment, regardless if it's split three ways or four right. ways. Right, because they have the rules that if if it defaults, they can go after any person who has money for one hundred percent of the default. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Beautiful. So partnerships can be a great way to buy bigger properties. Bigger properties quite often have a little higher rate of return, mm -hmm. maybe even a bit more cash flow. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I think, is that correct? The, the, the lender is going to look at the corporation, how much money you're putting in, as well as what is the cash flow status of that bigger property and does it support itself? Yeah, absolutely. And if it does, it's kind of a no-brainer for them. Yeah, with yeah you know, 30 or 35% down, right? Yeah, and it's not your typical, they're lending on the building, right? They're lending on the financials of the building. It's not mm -hmm. necessarily, you know, where the property is located, uh, who the tenants are, right, is, mm -hmm. a, is a big one. If they're long-term, short-term, the quality of the building, the location. So all of that is, is taken into consideration. And that that is ultimately what affects the down payment. Okay. Now, some people have said to me, you know, I've got... I've got $100,000 tied up in my RSPs. It's sometimes, some years it makes pretty good return. Other years I lose money. Uh, I've got money in TFSAs. What, do we have a way of utilizing that money for investment purposes? Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that mortgages are in its own an investment, right? Mm -hmm. So when the bank is lending you money, it's an investment for them, right? Right. They're, they're probably not making great spreads at 3%, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely an investment for them. So, um, you know, and they're, and they're using all of, of, of their funds and securities, et cetera, to lend to you. So having an RSP can also be used and placed into a mortgage investment that you can lend. One way is to lend to other people who want to borrow money. Okay. Right. Or the second way is to lend it to yourself. Right. To mm -hmm. become your own bank. Ooh. And yeah. So um, are we saving <laughs> the that bank for of the investment? Ken. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that secret trade. Yeah. That's secret sauce there. You're yeah. going to have to come to the investment seminar to yeah. get all the details on how to use that secret sauce. Yeah. And it's not just RSPs. It's tax free savings as well. So basically registered funds. Right. Yes. Are eligible to be able to uh, lend out and earn um an excellent return okay. and be able to uh, take commercial risk out of the, the RSP. Hmm. And what about someone that's in like a RIF? You know, their mm -hmm. RSPs have reached the age point where they have to be removing 15% a year mm -hmm. and they're re 
would something like that work for a RIF as it well? It can, but it, it, it's a bit of a balancing act, right? Because now you're in, in the position of depleting, right? Yes, you have uh, to take money out. You have to take money out. So it's a bit of a balancing act. And again, you've got to sit down you know, with a professional to, uh, to look at where that stands. Okay, cool. All right. So I've found that when I'm buying real estate and investing, it's so important who, who I'm in business with. Absolutely. You know, like who who's getting me the mortgage? Who's doing the legals on it? Who's giving the advice on the accounting and all that kind of stuff? I call it my dream team. Your team, yeah. Absolutely. My team. Yeah. And for me, the real estate side, I'm I'm the person on the real estate dream team, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and I don't think that getting your own doing your own taxes is a good idea when you're buying real estate. Because we see it a lot. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Doing your own taxes. Yep. But people, they think, well, it's so easy. I just throw my expenses in. Because maybe you don't know the tax laws and the tax mm-hmm. advantages. So mm-hmm. you're right. The team is crucial. Yeah. I know the, uh, a couple of years ago, one of my properties uh, made a few thousand dollars. And we were in a very high tax bracket. And my accountant said, oh, don't worry about that. We'll just depreciate your, your building so you don't have to pay tax on that money. Right. You need to know the tax laws, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the do's I, and don'ts of cancer. Yeah. For the longest time, I've, I've paid a lot for my accounting. And I get a, certif- a, a CA because if something goes wrong, and um, I heard it said the other day, if you hide income, you will get sent to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yes. If, if you claim something that's maybe a gray area, they just disallow it or they allow it or you can your accountant can justify it and you can fight it, but nobody goes to jail for making a deduction. Mm-hmm. No. But hiding income, you go to jail for. Oh, yeah. So, so get a great accountant that doesn't mind moving into the gray area a little bit. And knows the tax laws. Right? And knows the tax laws. And knows laws. your tax laws. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've got stories about that too, Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having the right accountant. Having the right accountant. thousands. Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, property manager, this was a lesson for us. Yep. Do not allow <laughs> the property manager to manage the money. No. You get the rent put into your bank account so you can watch it. You pay the expenses so you can watch it going out. Yep. Uh, there was a friend of mine uh, who lost everything because she had 27 properties and what happened was the property manager was collecting the rents yeah not paying the mortgages yeah and siphoning the money out mm-hmm. and you know how she found out one day she went to a meeting and her car wasn't there when she came out of the meeting and she said oh my goodness my car has been stolen and when they called the police Turns out her car wasn't stolen. The police said, no, ma'am, that's been repossessed because your payments haven't been made on it. So So follow the money. Right? And nobody watches your money better than you do. Yeah. So watch the money. Yeah. So here's my question. Will you take some action today based on what you heard? Will you read a book? Will you sign up for our seminar? Mm -hmm. It's 20 bucks and you get a free book. Mm -hmm. Will you... Buy your first investment property, or will you buy another property? Will you retire wealthy? Will you dial the 10 digits it takes to call our number to register for the seminar? It could change your life.
Those digits are 613-860-4663. Will you just sit there and absorb the information that you listened to for the last 25 minutes? Or will you take action? That's my question. Will you take action? Have a great day.